0: Hello, and welcome to the 927th Pre-UTA Podcast. This podcast is presented in three parts. First, we cover announcements and the general schedule. Next, we hear directly from our wing commander. And finally, we finish with a guest speaker highlighting one of Reserve Command's mission-focused areas of readiness, resilience, or reform. This month, we'll focus on readiness as we talk to Lieutenant Colonel Jerry Snyder, the 927th Logistics Readiness Squadron Commander, about their part in deploying airmen this UTA weekend. But first, let's do some announcements. To kick off the announcements, I have some bad news and some good news. The bad news is the Miles for Life event that we discussed on the last podcast with Lieutenant Robin Boughton was postponed until a later date. Be on the lookout for future updates. On the good news front, the wing in cooperation with Unite Funds is providing lunch from Mission Barbecue Saturday for all of our airmen. There'll be four locations set up outside from 11 o'clock to 1300. Look for the tents between hangars one and two, outside AMDs, ASTs, and the and outside the wing headquarters. Also, be on the lookout for toys being distributed there for families with kids. And now onto the schedule. Starting Saturday morning at 0730 is newcomers in the headquarters building. 0800 is Seaburney in building 12. 11 o'clock is the, United, the Unite Lunch um, at four locations across the wing. 1300 is c- CDC and PME testing at the headquarters. And 1730 is the Catholic Mass at the chapel. Sunday at 715, the Protestant Contemporary Service is at building Six. Uh, is the Building 6 Auditorium. c Training will be in Building 12 at 0800. At noon, the Top 3 meeting will be at the Bowling Alley. And at 1230, the Rising 6 meeting will be at the headquarters. At 1300, CDC and PME testing will be taking place in the headquarters building. That's all for our announcements, and now a chat with our wing commander. Today we have with us Colonel Stouffer, the 927th Air Refueling Wing Commander. Thank you, sir, for taking time. I know that you're a busy guy and we're leading into a busy weekend and you're coming off of some quarantine time.
1: Yes. Good morning, Lisa. Thank you for reminding me of that. My first day back in the office.
0: Busy weekend. We're rolling right into it. We have a lot of things to talk about today. COVID. um, We have some deployers going out. It's also holiday season, so we have uh, lots of stuff happening. Our airmen are very busy. Let's start with some COVID stuff since you have some personal experience with that right now. First and foremost, what should we tell airmen as they come into the drill weekend?
1: Great, Lisa. Thank you. So, uh, some of you maybe read an article uh, that was put out earlier this week. If you haven't, don't hear anything else from this podcast. If you're sick, please don't come. We will work on rescheduling your UTA and giving you another opportunity to work it or perhaps work telecommute if that's an option for you. But please don't come in. And that, you know, any kind of sickness because we're not exactly sure whether that is COVID or not. So please don't come. Uh, Secondly, uh, when you're here, my goal for you is to assume that everybody that you're working with could potentially be positive with COVID. So that's not saying they are, of course, but just assume that. And then if you've put the adequate protection in place, it will make your life easier. So that's what that that's the right to want to come. It'll also obviously protect our force. But that's the c- scenario that I got myself in. I was with an individual. Uh, I had my mask on. That individual did not because he was eating and drinking. Well, guess what? After I left from that individual, he was determined a positive COVID case. And then when they did the contact tracing, came back and talked with me. I was with him longer than 15 minutes inside six feet. I had a mask. He didn't. But the mask issue really doesn't matter as far as the CDC's determination of close contact. So therefore, I got to spend two weeks in quarantine. I got a test, negative, no symptoms. Uh, I'm fine, but it does upend your life. Cancel the family vacation. Uh, It was over the Thanksgiving holiday as well from what I learned from that is each of us need to take that level of responsibility. And what should I have done different? I should have either waited till he was done eating and drinking, put a mask back on, then talked with him or stayed farther apart than six feet or not spent so long. You know, there are different things that I could have done myself. And and I'm sure if I would have asked him, hey, let's put on a mask and talk. And because we have these things we have to discuss, I'm sure he would have done it, but I didn't. And so then my life got to got upended because of that. So when uh, you just noticed from my story during that time when you're eating and drinking is a time where the six medical group has reported that they're seeing cases stemming from those, you know, from lunches, suppers, meals together, that kind of thing. So we are providing a meal for airmen this Saturday and it's uh, around the the noontime hour. There's four locations. So it's a free meal. It is provided with unite funds. Please come out and enjoy Mission Barbecue. It's going to be down here providing some stuff. And uh, of course we have uh, uh, deployers going out the door, a lot of busy things happening, uh, but please come and get that. We will have some tables and chairs set up. Guess what? They're going to be six feet apart, and you can sit there and talk to your buddy with your mask down uh, and be apart from six feet. That is good. If you take that and go back to your office and then you huddle in an office with five of you all in a little circle, that's not helpful because, yes, you got to take your mask off to shove food in your face, but now you're also potentially exposing yourself, which then can make your life a little more chaotic in the following two weeks.
0: And the food is going. Going to be outside, so one of the benefits of being in Florida is that even during the winter, it's not that cold, and so we can just eat outside. And that's another way to uh, mitigate some of that risk when you're eating, because if you're outside, it's a little bit easier. There's a lot more space between you guys; it's easier to create that space. So
1: yes, and uh, so I will then just highlight on that the the McDill's kind of policy. CDC doesn't really say; it says irrespective of mask wear, um, and that's considered close contact here at McDill. This has been through the sixth, nine, twenty seventh, and others. We've determined. An adequate level of risk that if both people would have their mask on, even if you were within six feet of that person, were willing to accept that risk that you are not a close contact, at least as of the rules as they stand today. So if you are within six feet, wear your mask and then uh, you should be protected from any of that contact tracing uh, that comes down. Ask the person to put on the mask or just... Back up, uh, you know, a number of things you can do, personal responsibility on assuming you don't get it. Obviously, we're all younger demographic. Are we going to be healthy? Yeah, probably. The fact of the matter is now if you have to be in quarantine, even if you never come down with anything, that's a time that you're not available to do the job uh, should the Air Force uh, Reserve or should our country need us. So that's a time that, that your readiness is less. I could not do anything for two weeks except telework. Uh And so that is a time when the the Air Force had a drop in readiness with those people that were, you know, uh, exposed because we had to quarantine. So that is that risk to force, risk to mission sort of uh, decision point that we have to make. And that's uh, why, even though we're sick and tired of wearing masks, it's been how long? Uh, it's been months and months. And we kind of use how ah, we're eating. So I'm going to take it off for a while and breathe free and all that. And I know it. I got it. I feel it. I feel the same thing you guys do. But continue while you're here to to have those disciplines of the the social distancing guidelines.
0: And that's, I think that personal responsibility piece is is really important that it's not rude to ask someone to put on their mask because at the end of the day if you don't want to be faced with the idea of I've been in contact with someone who's COVID positive but I have things in my life that I have to take care of and I don't want to be quarantined to a room. My friend watched Halloween from his window while myself and his wife and kids trick-or-treated outside. <laughs> if you don't want your life upended that way it's not rude to say hey either you you yourself back up or ask someone to put put a mask on. We need to make sure that that that's part of our culture, that it's okay to do that and no one's going to judge you for that or whatever, because at the end of the day, you're trying to keep yourself and your family and whatever is going on in your home safe. Wear masks, wash your hands, keep your distance as much as possible.
1: Uh, and I will just add that the quarantine period may be changing uh, based on some CDC guidelines that came out this week. So uh, right now they're still recommending 14 days, but they give some options p- to potentially reduce that. I mean, we're still looking into those and how that will affect us. So we are aware of that. Nonetheless, it can still have an impact. Uh, on your personal life and, you know, what you choose to do.
0: And as we were talking before we got on this podcast, there's a lot of moving parts on COVID, but we are working on a, on helping get that information down for commanders to be able to make good decisions and for airmen to be able to know what happens if I've been exco- exposed to COVID. But for this, for going in, just know as an airman, personal responsibility to have masks on, keep your social distance. You have control over your decision-making. Um, okay, so I think we've hit, hit the COVID button a lot. I think so. <laughs> and have worn that one out. So um, on to, I think it's better because I like it. It's the tip of the spear. It's, it's our mission that we do. Deploying some folks this weekend. Later in the podcast, we'll talk to Lieutenant Colonel Snyder, who is the Logistics Readiness Squadron Commander. They're sort of the orchestrators of all of the moving parts to get folks out of the door. Um, so you can learn about how that process works. But um, sir, what, what do you see going on for this deployment? Let's talk about what's happening this weekend with that.
1: Great. Uh, thank you, Lisa. Obviously a major muscle movement for the wing. A number of aircraft departing, both Saturday and Sunday. Uh, with a whole uh, whole contingent of an ops maintenance deployment on board going to, the, obviously, the CENTCOM AOR. It might look a little different than some. First of all, the people who are deploying have already been in, in ROM, uh, restriction of movement, for two weeks. Uh, they all got COVID tested yesterday, that uh, Wednesday, a handful. I think the fourth chalk is getting tested today. And the reason it's going to look a little different, I mean, deployments, I mean, family comes out, they're waving, they're doing, you know, they're, they're all together and we're patting each other on the back. Well, now, unfortunately, it's going to look a little different because we have to ensure that those individuals have been uh, 14 days without the influence of COVID. You know, coming. That's why we paid them to be on a ROM status. So that means we kind of have these sterile corridors, corridors for lack of a better term, of when they come and get dropped off, and, and there's a separate one for aircrew. Uh, you know, the flying crew chiefs and the aircrew, and then a, a separate one for the passengers where they're going to get dropped off. And there's the guidance has already been published to the deployers, They understand what. They need to do, but you as wing members unfortunately aren't going to be able to, you know, walk in the mission planning room with them, or walk into PAX terminal with them, or other places where you might be. Uh, here's a, you know, a sandwich, uh, you know, to take uh, on the go, or you know, any of these kind of things are not going to uh, to be an option uh, with this deployment. So that's why it'll look a little different. The honorary commanders won't be out, the media won't be out, or any sort of other thing uh, that maybe you've seen in past deployments, uh, simply because of our desire to keep them within their, you know, their legal ROM status. And that is simply because uh, in the theater, they can't do the job that their country has asked them to do if People are, are struggling with that COVID, even assuming that they're going to get better and, and be fine after that. So it's that risk to the mission that they're most concerned about uh, in the AOR.
0: Big kudos for everyone that's been working on getting that. And then for our airmen that are leaving, they had to sort of separate themselves from their family two weeks before they even left. So
1: Right. During, during Thanksgiving for them as well. And I secretly think uh, maybe that's why I had to be in the in the quarantine, just to feel a little bit of the, uh, you know, what my airmen are going through. And I, Some empathy. I'm, I'm j- joking a little bit there. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, yeah, they uh, they spent the Thanksgiving time in ROM. Obviously, they'll be departing prior to the Christmas and New Year's holidays. Obviously, uh, as any deployment, missing birthdays, anniversaries, you know, you name it, special things with your children. So uh, I'm extremely grateful for this group going out. Uh, they're excited. They're they're pumped up. They're ready to go. And it's actually the first time we've deployed ops and maintenance together before. But now there's an entire it's it's our wing. It's the 927th. It's 927th Maintainer. There's 927th Jets, which, of course, are are owned by the 6th, and 927th Aircrew. They're there together, and they're they're doing the mission. It's a great uh, kind of this squadron deployment or wing deployment sort of concept. I think we're going to see big dividends. In other words, it's not just one crew or one maintainer. Or, you know, It's it's a whole group all working together, just like they would here at home station to get the mission done. Uh, they'll be doing that in the AOR. And so uh, the Air Force Reserve Command has worked to get to this point in the KC-135. It's It's been a little bit of a labor of love to get there. But I'm excited for the benefits that it brings and the, the synergies because we know each other and we've worked and we've done it here. Uh, and now we can show the rest how how good our folks are.
0: Ready to lean forward and, and do the nation's work where, where they need it most. Amazing. So you talked about the holidays that our folks are going to be missing. We've got the Angel Tree going out to help um, airmen during the holidays. We've got Mission Barbecue coming out to sort of help feed our airmen during this busy um, holiday UTA. Uh, anything that you have to say about the holiday stuff coming forward?
1: Big shout out to our honorary commanders. And uh, so, and big shout out to each of you who participated in the Angel Tree Project. The Angels, uh, we put them out last UTA and they were gone by Monday following the UTA. I think they were even gone Sunday evening. Thank you. Thank you to all of you in the wing that are listening to me and that were part of that, purchasing some gifts for other airmen, you know, right here or their children, you know, right here in our wing. So uh, tomorrow, or excuse me, Saturday, the Airmen and Family Readiness Center, Keith spouses first shirts, uh, those uh, and, and others will be putting those presents together, wrapping any if they need it, uh, bundling it up with uh, gift cards that were provided by our honorary commander, significant dollars uh, associated with them that our honorary commanders on their own wanted to give. So it'll be the same airmen getting the who, who get the angel tree gifts will also get those uh, gifts from the honorary commanders. It's fantastic. And so thank you for all your participation in that holiday parties. Uh, there are limitations. Obviously, there's there's uh, retirements this weekend as well coming up. Chief Poole from the AES and uh, Colonel Hopkins from the A STS. And and unfortunately, those ceremonies are limited to 25 people in person. Any holiday parties uh, are, if it was to exceed that amount, would have to be approved by the your group commander. And so there are, unfortunately, that does limit what we can do with holiday parties. Uh, and that goes to what we talked earlier in that that's an opportunity where we can really end up spreading COVID around potentially because we don't have our masks on or whatever because we're eating food or drinking whatever's there so some units are still doing it and finding ways to make that work in a safe environment so more power to them many will be uh, extremely busy with the deployment particularly in the ops and maintenance side uh, and even in the uh, logistics side uh, with the deployment and that uh, and there isn't any time, you know, for that as well. But if you are celebrating uh, holiday parties this weekend, obviously, please continue to uh, keep those same guidelines in place.
0: All right. I think that's everything we have going on for this weekend. Is there anything else that I forgot to ask or that you'd like to add before we go, sir?
1: Happy holidays to all of you. Thank you for your service. Uh, enjoy some time with your family, I hope. And hopefully you get a little time off your civilian jobs as well. Probably spend a lot of family time uh, this year, depending on what sort of lockdowns your state has or what sort of quarantine quarantine you've been in, but try to enjoy that. Uh, That said, sometimes uh, the holiday seasons can be stressful. We will have our chaplains out this weekend uh, as well. Our director of psychological health. Uh, We are in the hiring process. We've already selected that individual. I expect her to hopefully be in place in December. So soon we will have that resource again and look out for your fellow airmen. and I certainly don't want to end this on a negative uh, note, but but given that people are under stress and given that 2020 has been probably one of the most stressful years in many people's lives, uh, watch out for your fellow Ironmen. Ask questions six feet apart, uh, but ask questions, get in their life, uh, understand where they're at and be observant uh, if uh, it appears to you that they're struggling. And then we have plenty of resources, start with the chaplains, but we have plenty of resources to uh, th- for you to reach out to to get someone help if needed. Otherwise, uh, Uh, happy holidays to all of you and um, see you in January uh, for the UEI. We'll be back for that month of our inspection.
0: And thank you, sir, for all of the, um, for taking the time today. I know you're busy and I know we're rolling into a really busy weekend. So appreciate you always making time for this podcast to connect with our airmen.
1: My pleasure, Lisa.
0: And now for the readiness portion of our podcast today, we have Lieutenant Colonel Jerry Snyder, who is the 927th Logistics Readiness Squadron Commander. Thank you so much for taking time with us today.
2: Thank you, Colonel Ray. I appreciate it.
0: Um, okay. Now your unit has been very busy um, here recently. We have this this December drill is going to be a big time for you. Can you tell me why?
2: So we got a lot of moving parts this UTA. We have uh, multiple aircraft heading out with lots of airmen uh, this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. So it's going to be a very busy UTA. Can't remember the last time we actually had a UTA where we had a mobilization going out at the same time over my almost 20 year career. So it'd be interesting. So usually it's during the week, but this time it's on a UTA. But um, it's a good thing because we have uh, support from both the 927th and the 6th and we can rely on our folks getting us um, out the door. So
0: that's great. That total force are working together. That's amazing.
2: That's correct. Been a uh, total force effort.
0: So let's start with that total force piece because that's part of the benefit of the reserve um, force being co-located with active duty is this total force where we work together seamlessly on data day basis to like have a great mission accomplishment. How does that look in a mobilization like this, like here at this with the 927th and the 6th?
2: So it's a, uh, a rather large effort with the six LRS side by side going from the six leadership. Um, they've have total buy in on supporting us from day to day ops and especially with the mobilization coming up, uh, specifically the uh, installation deployment readiness right cell cell uh, with the IDO support and their log plan support has been uh, pretty instrumental in getting this off the ground. They've been with us side by side from the start and they're with us in, during the finish. Also to include vehicle ops and uh, PAX terminal support for baggage pallets and movement of packs to the aircraft and also during the PDF processing. The PDF processing was a um, event that happened a couple weeks ago and it was a um, 927th FSS did a great job in actually getting that spun up along with uh, our supply folks from the 927th and support from the 6th uh, LRS supply.
0: Outstanding. And so just for those folks Who may not know what the PDF processing line is. Can you just tell um, generally what a PDF line does?
2: Yeah, PDF stands for personnel deployment function. So those folks that um, are actually going out the door will go through a line of supply to get their mobility gear and then go through a few stations uh, from the personnel side of eligibility. Um, They have chaplain on the line, they have uh, judge advocate and medical on the line as well. And then they'll flow through those stations to make sure they're ready to go and go to. a um, a briefing of an intel brief and a medical brief as well at the end of it. And once they're done, they put them on a bus and take them back to the unit and then they are uh, essentially ready to go uh, for the deployment.
0: Excellent. And normally those happen, do the PDF signs normally happen um, just before deployment or like we did ours, what, a month ago?
2: Yeah, it was um, a week after the November UTA is when it happened. And this one was a little bit weird because of COVID. The PACs have to actually do a restriction of movement for 14 days and that's what kind of drove the pdf line sooner rather than later we would do it essentially the day of or the day before a couple days before departure but since COVID operations hit we had to actually um um, bring that Back a little bit as far as the dates go, in order to, to accommodate that ROM or restriction of movement.
0: Okay, and that is that. That actually leads into a really interesting question about deployment or mobilization in the time of this global pandemic. Seems very complicated. And so, when you talk about this restriction of movement, these airmen who are preparing to go downrange, they are quarantining, or how does that work? And then, and then when they get to the other side, will they have to quarantine as well?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. So um, this was br- brand new to us. Brand new to the Air Force, the uh, restriction of movement for the COVID ops. So essentially they have to, restriction of movement has a little bit of um, a leeway of what they can do, um, but they have to be at a physical location. They can't, uh, there's short intervals of travel, necessary travel, no more than like 15 minutes, that sort of thing. So we we developed a, an ROE, a rules of engagement for the members to follow, wearing masks, being socially distanced, uh, making sure that they're not gathered in large crowds, especially with the Thanksgiving um, holiday. Making sure there there no kidding and family members that live in the house are pr- primarily the ones that they are around. Extra precautions really are for the for the ROM um, direction. So when they ROM here, they're considered a clean corridor for f- the 14 days. They'll get COVID test tested. Actually, actually happened this w- happening this week. And then uh, when they go down range, they're in a clean corridor, so they don't have to ROM an extra 14 days. And theater,
0: and that's all in an in effort to keep our airmen deployment ready and safe. Because what we don't want to do is clear them, get them ready for deployment, and then they're now exposed to COVID and can't respond. So normally, when we think of deployments or mobilizations, we we see family like hanging out with them before they go, and everybody there with signs, or you know, just in general, like all kinds of um, stuff. Is that different from what's happening this weekend, or how does that affect families this this mobilization during COVID?
2: Yeah, unfortunately, you know, it's. A- a, um, when mobilizations head out, it's a it's a big it's a big send off for the units, right? The um, everybody kind of gets prepared, and um, it's almost a um, a family event, a unit event with everybody coming out. However, uh, with the COVID. Um, ops, we have to take extra precautions because again, like I said before, we have to keep that clean corridor. Uh, we have to keep our quote unquote members clean of uh, of COVID as best we can. So uh, what we have to do is for the PACs, when they go when the PACs go to the PAX terminal, the deployers go to the PAX terminal, they'll either have to be dropped off or at the time of when they have to go into the actual terminal, they'll have to say goodbye to their families then as far as the physical conduct. So there's not gonna be a big gathering, there's not going to be a um, any kind of of uh, a big send off, uh, sort of speak. So there's gonna be a designated area that deployers know of, right? in front of the PAX terminal where they'll say goodbye to their families. And at a specific time, they'll have to go to the PAX terminal because they have to get another screening done by the uh, medical folks. But we do have a, on the side of the PAX terminal, a kind of a family wave area. So there's going to be about three hours of um, waiting before they actually call to the aircraft. uh, Usually that's standard ops. When they actually step to the aircraft, the PAX, then the family will be able to go around and kind of just say a socially distanced goodbye. Um, It's an option. It's not a requirement for the family that stick around. But if they want to, they can. Just unfortunately, at this time, we just have to keep them separated.
0: Very, very interesting. And it, how long does it take to plan a mobilization like this? And who are some of the people that you work with? It sounds like it's most of the wing it helps get these folks out the door. So
2: It is. It's a team effort. We rely mostly on the unit to um, the UDN, the unit deployment employment managers, both ops, maintenance, and MSG to uh, really guide us and help or help us guide um, our deployers the right way. So, we'll funnel the, the information down to the UDM's and they'll take the um kind of line share of effort to to get the deployers ready, right? So that's really the beginning of it. And that happens usually in mobilization, you kind of know when your next rotation is. Really six months out is when they really need to get into the the planning phase of it. So, you know, we bring everybody together. We bring FSS, um, the six, uh, in this case, the medical as well because of the COVID piece. And then uh, also um, the the local agencies to include the unit deployment managers, um, current ops, anybody from OG that has a touch of the aircraft planning that mission, those missions going out, and then any kind of maintenance support required to, to push those aircraft out. So probably about two months ago, uh, we really kind of started getting out of the the COVID piece of teleworking and, and all that good stuff and, and meeting and getting uh, everybody together in order to um, get that planning uh, done and executed. It's a, it's a monumental effort because there's a lot of agencies that we touch and there's a lot of agencies that we lean on to get everybody out the door. And um, just from the the 927 side, it's, it's almost everybody. Almost every single squadron has a piece of it, right? So FSS, LRS, obviously, uh, all of maintenance, all of ops, um, so it's, it's really a wing effort going into a mobilization in order to get it planned and, and executed.
0: Excellent. And I have been in some of those meetings and know that the level of watching, like the level of planning, all the details that have to be thought of to get this, to make this happen is amazing. And in, um, your folks have done an incredible job of wrangling the cats <laughs> to get them, to get everything in place where it needs to be so that we can do exactly what we need to do to get these folks off the ground. So thank you for taking the time to talk with me. I know this is a busy week and especially leading into this mobilization weekend. Is there, I don't want to take too much more of your time. Is there anything else that I um, haven't asked that I should have or that I, um, that you'd like to add here at the end?
2: Well, I think we've covered a majority of it and I appreciate the time. You know, it's again, like I said, it's been a, it's been a huge effort and I've been doing this for almost 18 years and, you know, I can't remember how many, Mobilizations, deployments that have, we've I've planned, you know, as a team and um, multiple units. But this one is uh is special because with the COVID ops and the limiting factors that we've had to face, the 927th and the 6th has really have really gelled as a team in order to get these folks out. So as far as the planning and the cooperation in between every agency, especially during COVID, I have is unprecedented for me. So um, you know, with the professionalism that everybody has shown, I think it's just made that a little bit easier to deal with um, the COVID ops. Mobilizations are always busy. They're always difficult to do because like you said, the minute details of it that we have to go down to. But as a team, the six and the 927th has done a great job. Um, And everybody has kept their heads up when uh, some difficult decisions had to be made. We've gone through it. So um, I just appreciate everybody's uh, support in this. All
0: right. Thanks so much. Have a great day. And that's a wrap. If you have any questions you would like us to answer on the next podcast, email us, Facebook message us, or stop by the PA office in the headquarters building. We will ask the experts and get the answers to you right here on this podcast. Thank you so much for listening in as we do our part to keep the 927th Citizen Airmen informed so you can be always ready.